This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail. I am joined on this episode by Brian Carl, the Vice President of Marketing at Claris Commerce. Brian and I will be discussing Claris Commerce's recently released 2021 loyalty program benchmark report, some of the key findings there and some of the trends and data points that uh, would be valuable for our audience to know. So thank you for joining me today, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate this. So uh, to get us started, let's talk a little bit about Claris Commerce uh, and your background with the company. Uh, for those that might not be familiar with, uh, with Claris. Yeah, so uh, as, as you mentioned, Joe, I'm VP of Marketing at Claris. Um, I lead a team of marketers who's responsible for really producing valuable and educational content for brands in the loyalty space. So this is stuff that we spend a lot of time on. We post a lot on our website, our social media, all about sort of loyalty and engagement for brands. And um, for a long time, we've really been known, Claris has been known as the leader, essentially in building premium loyalty programs, which are programs customers pay to join, think Amazon Prime. But um, with that, we've actually uh, pretty excitingly recently acquired a company, Prize Logic, who is really the leader in customer engagement. They offer promotions, rebates, offers, traditional loyalty programs. So now today we offer a really end-to-end loyalty and engagement solution um, that can benefit a lot of brands in a lot of different ways. We're not just the technology platform, Um, We also have a full suite of services to cover everything you can want to do for your loyalty program. So it's this one sort of one stop shop for everything from loyalty and engagement um, for for brands. So that gives us a good overview of uh, the work that Claris Commerce does and how it is helping retail clients. Uh, As I noted when I introduced you, we were going to talk a little bit about the 2021 loyalty program benchmark report that Claris recently released in collaboration with Total Retail. Uh, so let's, to, to kind of get us started here, tell us a little bit about why Claris wanted to put such a resource out into the marketplace. Well, uh, first off, Joe, thanks for your help on this and your team um, in doing all the research around this and all that. But, you know, the main thing as we started to think about this stuff, you know, we talked about we do a lot of content at Claris that we put out there that we want to help people learn about loyalty, learn about what's going on in the space. And retail, it's, it's really in a constant evolution. And there's times where basically the only certainty in retail feels like uncertainty. And as we look at the last year or so, 2020 really was a year of being reactive for retailers. They had to adjust their thinking to everything going on with COVID, to buy online, pick up in store, um, all the different technology needs that they needed to do to react to the way that customers were now wanting to shop. And now as we go into 2021 and into 2022, really the focus is starting to shift to being proactive to finding the right kind of customer experiences. And a big part of that is just loyalty is, is getting harder than ever. You know, we've, we've, been, we've been serving customers for a long time. And you know, we, I think our last survey was 68% of customers said their loyalty is more difficult than ever to maintain. And that number has been relatively consistent and notching up year over year that customers are saying that it's harder and harder to make them loyal. And as customers have higher expectations, that gets applied across the board. 
even if it's not at your brand that they're getting a good ex, they're getting a good experience at, they're going to start to ex, expect that from other brands. So loyalty is just getting harder than ever. And that was really the big thing why we started to kind of go down this road and wanted to look at these loyalty programs and start to do this sort of benchmark process because we wanted to see who was doing great loyalty programs in the space. And then, as I said, as we create these types of content, the big thing we always want is people to walk away with something. So what can we learn from looking at the greater loyalty space? And as you mentioned, uh, so walk through kind of a little bit of the criteria um, for the evaluation of the top 50 retail loyalty programs that were benchmarked. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the process in terms of how we uh, went about reviewing those retail brands? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we worked with your team, Joe, and um, you all had signed up for 50 different top loyalty programs to evaluate them on six different criteria. And going through every one of these programs was joined. So we're looking at how the onboarding all stuff goes. But the criteria was discoverability, benefits, sign-up process, promotions and marketing, customer service, and then finally, innovation. So as you went through those programs, signed up for them, we're asking certain questions along the way. A couple of examples of questions like this are, you know, does the retailer's website have a clear mention of its loyalty program and benefits? How easy is a sign-up process if you're going to do it on mobile? Is the loyalty program mentioned on the retailer's social media pages? Is there special customer service for program members? And then, you know, what innovative things are going on in the program? And we did this across multiple categories. So, you know, it's for apparel, department stores, general merchandise, health and beauty, home furnishings, specialty, sporting goods. And I don't think we're able to get into those individual categories in this, in this podcast today, because there's a lot as you kind of go through all that, uh, but definitely download the full document and you can sort of review the industry specific stuff, but we can definitely highlight sort of the overall big picture things as we kind of go through this stuff going forward. Yeah, and I think uh, the criteria that you, six criteria that you outlined, Brian, uh, Claris was, you know, those weren't random. Those were done to kind of uh, ver be very comprehensive in the mm -hmm. full loyalty experience from, you know, one, you know, just to get started, how easy it is it to find your retail company, your, your retailer's uh, loyalty program on their website or their app or their uh, mobile site, all the way through to how are they engaging once the, a member is signed up and customer service. And so it, it really runs the whole gamut of the loyalty experience, right? That was, that was, that was the intention with the criteria that were developed. Yeah. And, and it's a great, it's a great point. I appreciate you bringing that up and kind of going a little bit deeper there. You know, one of the things we know is that just because someone joins a loyalty program, doesn't make them an active member of that loyalty program. So that's why we wanted to go deeper here and make sure that we were looking at that full spectrum of acquisition, engagement, and then how that person stays in the program and what they can do. We wanted to see that entire experience so that we can make sure that it's, it's a holistically good experience and not just an experience that gets people to sign up, but then they don't do anything once they're in the program. Yeah creating that engagement to, that's so critical to it, the success of any of any loyalty program. So now that we've talked a little bit about the framework for the benchmark and how the evaluation process took place, let's uh, take it a step further here and talk about, okay, we've collected the data. I'm interested in some of the insights and what our audience might learn. As you said, they, you know, some, some information they might be able to take away from the report. 
that you believe is, is most important for them? So there's definitely a couple key takeaways here. Um, it's not, if, like, if we're going to sum it up, the, the best thing to say is it's, it's not enough to have a loyalty program. It's not that simple. We have to make sure that what we're doing is easily discoverable, easy to use and sign up, has offers and benefits that are truly valuable to those brand specific customers. And I, I can take you through those three separate things and, and we could talk about that stuff. Um, but I'll start with essentially talking about discoverability. So as we look through this, there's a lot of brands that had really nice intuitive landing pages. And, and when I say landing page here, I mean a page where you go to sign up for the program. But it wasn't always that easy to find. Sometimes it was actually difficult. So there was no mention of them on the home pages. If they did, it was kind of buried. It could be in the footer. And if you did a search for loyalty programs or reward programs, nothing would come up. So, you know, the one takeaway for retailers right away is make sure you're doing enough to highlight your loyalty program. Another, another area here is on social media. You know, when companies don't talk about their own program, they're sort of limiting their growth potential. And it's a really good platform to sort of promote those loyalty programs to their followers. But the key here is if people can't find your loyalty program, yeah. they can't join your loyalty program, right? And then I, to, to follow up on your point around social, I, I, my thinking would be that a brand's most, uh, you know, their best top customers are most likely to be also followers of their brands on social platforms. So it seems like a, a natural progression to uh, be promoting your loyalty program to those followers on social. Uh, and there's a potential opportunity. We saw that uh, while some brands are doing this really well, some retailers are doing this really well there's an opportunity that many aren't uh, taking advantage of yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other, the other spot where there's a lot of opportunities, also the mobile space, you know, customers that download branded apps um, are also a lot of times the ones that are really engaged and really valuable. So definitely would make sense to highlight their loyalty programs as they're going through the signup processes where they're using the apps and those homepages of the app. So that's definitely another good spot to dive deeper with people as well. I was going to say, when looking at the data, there might have been some points that affirm something that you already believe going in. Like, okay, we expected that we would get this this data back. And okay, what we did get back affirmed what we already thought going in. My question to you is, were there any surprises, something that stood out either positively or negatively um, from, the, from the data that was collected? Honestly, what we're talking about today, what we're talking about now is actually probably the biggest surprise is how little retailers are taking advantage of that prime digital real estate to kind of get the word out and build a weight or awareness around their loyalty programs. You know, retailers and brands in general spend a lot of time and a lot of money on their loyalty programs, getting, finding the right benefits mixes, trying to get people to sign up for them. So it's, it is, it was, this is probably the biggest surprise was just how often those programs were actually hard to find, and hard to join on the online experience. In stores, it's a little bit different because they tend to, tend to promote them a lot at the cash wrap, the cash register, and they're, they're going through that. Now, there's, there's other ways we could optimize that as well, but the fact that sometimes it wasn't on the home pages of these, of these retailers' websites, that was probably the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, as you said, dedicating some valuable 
digital real estate to this program. It's um, obviously can be a real uh, game changer for a retailer retailer's business. So uh, you know, don't don't just bury it on some page that isn't going to be trafficked, as you said. Um, looking ahead now, so. Uh, what should retailers be thinking about? We've talked about some of the, the information we've collected, some of the trends from the report. As they look to improve and optimize their loyalty programs going forward, uh, including for member growth, engagement, revenue growth, what, what, uh, what would you tell them? So there's, there's a lot of this question. Um, so we're discussing, you know, retailers need to do more with getting their programs out there. One from this thing was essentially from the assessment was Amazon, who does a really great job with this. And if you've ever been to the Amazon website, and if you're a Prime member, I honestly would suggest signing out sometime and navigate the, the Amazon website without being a Prime member so you can really see how often they're promoting Prime throughout the website. It's all over the website, the mobile app, product packaging. If you go to Whole Foods, you can't look anywhere without seeing sort of that Prime logo. It's everywhere. Um, but those, those lessons can be applied to any brand. It's just important to make it highly visible on stores and on app and online. So things like showing member pricing versus non-member pricing on product pages seems like an easy slam dunk if you have a program that does something like that. Another example of someone who does that is Bed Bath & Beyond who shows you know, a, the regular price and then they show the members only price right next to it, really highlighting the value of their loyalty program and what that could do for people. And then the same within stores, you know, having sign-up kiosks, QR codes that people can sign up themselves. It just makes it a lot easier to get people to come into the flow and, and join. In terms of, you know, some of those benefits, as you mentioned, uh, we've talked a little bit about kind of the promotion and, and discoverability factor. But uh, once consumers do learn about your program, they're going to want to know, you know, how does this benefit me? And, you know, the traditional earning points and being able to use them for discounts is great. And that's one thing, but what are some of the other benefits in addition to those kind of discounts that, uh, that can differentiate a retailer's loyalty program? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And the hardest part about this question, and the reason why it's not always the cleanest answer is the answer is the best loyalty programs have benefits that are designed specifically for their audience. So most of the programs that reviewed were traditional loyalty programs. You earn points for spending that could be redeemed later. And there's still actually a lot of value in those programs. So I don't wanna sound like I'm disparaging those programs because there is a lot of value in them. But the one thing is if you put those programs out and you switch the logos on them, sometimes they all just look the same. You wouldn't know which one is which because really we're just talking about spend money, earn points. So we wanna see brands getting more creative with these kind of things. One of the ones uh, highlighted in the, in the article uh, was sort of Express. They offer sort of social kickbacks and awards for, like, for filling out a personal profile, signing up for things like SMS, completing a style quiz. But there's lots of other brands that are doing you know, innovative things as well you know, and, and doing things that are really specific to their audience. The Starbucks loyalty program gets brought up a lot for them. You know, they have that sort of in-store pickup. That's, that's great, really specific to Starbucks. You join the loyalty program, you can get your order ahead and come in and pick it up. Another great example of someone doing something really interesting here is Best Buy. You know, they offer traditional and premium loyalty tiers to their program. So they have their traditional program that offers points, discounts, free expedited shipping, 
And then they have multiple tiers based on how much you spend. And it's a great program. It's been out for a long time, but they recently rolled out their total tech program, which is $199 a year. It's their premium loyalty program. And it offers specific valuable benefits that are designed for some of their best customers. So some of the examples there is they offer 24 seven Geek Squad support, 24 months of product protection, free delivery and installation. There's VIP customer service, member pricing, free shipping, the list goes on. But what's, what's really interesting about this program more than anything else is that it's really designed for a specific niche of customers who really like these services from Best Buy, right? When I go out and buy electronics, I'm the kind of person where I want to install everything myself because I want to know where every wire goes. But then I have friends who go, I don't want to touch anything. I want my new TV set up. I want someone to do it and I want it to work. And those are the kind of people that are going to join this total tech program from Best Buy. They're going to get a ton of value out of it. And then if you're going to buy your next TV, where are you going to go? You're going to go to Best Buy right? Because you know that you're going to get that level of service that you're looking for. You opted into this program and it's really, really helpful for that. So the key with all of this is creating benefits that are really specific to your audience. And that's where the magic starts to happen is creating ones that work best for who it is who shops with you. So I want to follow up on that last example, Best Buy. I think it's a, it's a really good one, Brian. And you've brought up the idea of of premium and, and what that means. So looking ahead, how do you foresee premium loyalty programs factoring in or can and should factor into retailers' future plans? Yeah, so premium loyalty programs are really just one part of a holistic engagement strategy. And that's honestly what really excites us at Claris is we want to help brands with acquiring customers, engaging them, and ultimately retaining those customers at the end of the day. So we know that premium loyalty programs are on the rise. You know, we're seeing more and more of these programs launched. We just talked about Best Buy. You know, Urban Outfitters launched a, a test recently. Bill, I can go on forever with a list of more and more companies that are launching these programs. And Walmart Plus really put a lot of this on the map, though, as this large company that released a premium loyalty program that is so... Uh, it's so big that the industry really started talking about it more. We did our 2021 loyalty industry data study. We found that over 90% of retailers are discussing launching a premium loyalty program in the next year or two. So this is a big topic amongst retailers right now. And we've seen these programs, you know, they, they, in, they increase engagement, they increase AOV, they increase purchase frequency, and they're really targeted towards the, the top tier of customers. So that's why you know they're really, really important as we think about this. As we think about the bigger picture, we think that premium loyalty programs, in a lot of ways, are going to change the loyalty industry over time. But going forward, brands just they need a holistic view of customer engagement, and they need to get an end-to-end -end solution to help with those challenges. So the thing that we do at Claris, especially now, as we mentioned with sort of Prize Logic and what we're doing there, is we want to help you acquire customers, engage them, retain them. And that's where certain solutions like sweepstakes, contests, offers, rebates, those kind of things really can start pulling people in the door 
that can engage your customers, that can engage people in your free loyalty programs. There's all sorts of things we could do there to help people sort of jumpstart their relationship with customers. And then from there, there's really traditional loyalty programs. We talked a lot about this already, but these points-based programs that are really, they're really great to get more people signed up. They're free, they get customers in the door, and they start that conversation. I feel like I've said conversation a lot here, and I'm probably going to keep saying it, because that's really what a lot of this is about, is how do we start that conversation with our customers? How do we engage them further into the brand, into our values, so that they can start to understand us, and we could be a, a bigger part of their lives going forward? And then from a brand's perspective, those traditional loyalty programs, really, really key when we're talking about first party and zero party data collection. As you know, like cookies are getting starting to phase out in the next couple of years. That date keeps getting pushed by Google, but it's important that even if that date is getting pushed, that we start collecting that data now. It is super important that we have that data ourselves because when that day comes, we don't want to be scrambling for a plan. As I said, we're moving from being reactive to being proactive. And this is one of those spots where being proactive is really going to pay off in the long run. And then the next layer of that is the premium loyalty part. So that's really where it ramps up by giving the most value to the customers that they can get. And we know these two programs work really well together. So 81% of traditional loyalty program members say they would join a premium loyalty program at their favorite retailer, assuming the benefits were valuable enough. So these programs work in tandem. So I don't ever want to, as we go through this, talk about this like, you need a premium loyalty program or you need a traditional loyalty program. We think they work best together, but depending on the situation, depending on the company, there are times where one might work and the other might not. But as we look at the holistic overall view, that's where we're excited about, you know, Claris Commerce and what we're doing in the space, because really what we're doing is we're giving you a platform and services that can support your customers across the entire journey and a data platform and CDP that can back that whole thing up. And working with us, one thing that is really nice is you're not gonna get, a, you're gonna get the 100, the 100 degree, <laughs> the 360 degree view of your customers. I wanted to say 100%, but uh, 360 degree view of your customers because we're, we're managing all those different programs under one house. and. That's a lot better than trying to personalize with five different vendors where you have 10% here, 10% there, 10% there, because it's really hard to actually match those things up in the real world. So that 360 degree view is something we're really excited about bringing to the market um, and, and giving to our customers. Yeah. And I think that's that last point you were making, Brian, in terms of that. Uh, I, I know some retailers think that they have a traditional free program already existing, and that may preclude them from rolling out a paid premium program, you would argue and, and have examples of people, of, of retailers that have done that successfully that have, you know, the two programs can work in, in kind of concert together and, and work off of each other. Um, any thoughts there in terms of how Claris might be able to help for retailers that already have an existing free traditional program introduce a premium model as well? Yeah, so to, for the first point, I, I think the, they work better together in a lot of ways than they do by themselves. Because when you think about a premium, if you have a premium loyalty program and no traditional program, some percentage of people will not renew when their renewal comes up. So if you're doing an annual membership, 90% people might renew and some people might fall off. 
when you have a free program or traditional program, those people just downgrade. You could still keep that relationship with them. You can continue talking to them. And on the opposite side, if you have a traditional loyalty program and you are looking to try to engage people further, become top of mind with them, that's where sometimes those premium loyalty programs can really be a differentiator because you can get that really deep layer of value for the people that want it, people who want that extra layer of value. And it also allows you to sometimes be a little bit more niche with that value that something might not apply to every single person in your market, but if there's a group of people that would really benefit from this specific benefit, um, it can really work as a premium loyalty program. So I mentioned the Best Buy one earlier in terms of that, but Walmart Plus is another example. Walmart Plus, there's a number of benefits for it, but I'd argue the biggest benefit is groceries. So if you're someone who wants to pick up your, have your groceries delivered, there's a good reason to get Walmart Plus. It might not apply to every single one of their customers. I don't know that we're going to be in a world where 95% of, of Walmart customers have Walmart Plus, but that niche sort of market, they could do a lot there. And then people really like that. And they're going to shop at Walmart more often because of that. So it's not one strategy. It has to be a holistic strategy. And it has to be a strategy that is developed based on your unique brand and your unique brand customers. And that's where we can really help, where we can really help brands. Because we've done this before. We've worked with a lot of big brands. And we can help you start to understand how to create this holistic strategy that goes across acquisition to engagement, to retention, and really look at sort of the bigger picture here. Yeah, that's kind of holistic, uh, you know, as you said, from acquisition all the way through to retention um, and, and helping every step of the way. Uh, and one of the ways that you can help is this, the recently released 2021 loyalty program benchmark report from Claris Commerce. We've certainly talked a lot about that uh, on today's episode. So for Brian, those people that are looking for more information and, and want to download the report and also get in touch with Claris Commerce, how would you recommend them going about doing that? Yeah, th thanks. For, thanks so much for that, Joe. Uh, if you wanted to get the report, go to clariscommerce.com slash total retail, uh, one word. And you could download it there, you'll get instant access. Definitely goes into a lot more depth of what we talked about today, but also sort of the industry specific feedback as you go through that. So if you're looking for something really specific to um, uh, department stores, you can go in there and you can look at it and sort of get that fuller version of, of those individual niches as we go through that, that thing. If you wanna to talk to Claris about launching an end-to-end -end loyalty program, premium loyalty program and an engagement solution, or you just wanna talk about loyalty, feel free to come to clariscommerce.com. We have a contact us page on there. We're happy to talk to you. Or if you just wanna email info at clariscommerce.com, one of our loyalty experts would be happy to have a conversation with you, learn about your, your business, your challenges, your goals, and we can go from there. Great, well, I wanna take this opportunity to thank Brian Carl, the Vice President of Marketing at Claris Commerce, a retail loyalty expert for his time today. And, talking a little bit about the 2021 Loyalty Program Benchmark Report recently released by Claris Commerce. Thanks for joining me, Brian. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcast for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks. And until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.